Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Expert analysis from some of the biggest names in Westminster. What's next? Order! Talk Radio, live from Westminster. Welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. We are once again in the blazing sunshine. This is going to be the hottest day so far this week. And after last night and the night of the blonde knives, what could be better for Boris Johnson than to re-enter uh, the parliamentary building here, the Palace of Westminster, right behind me, with a massive plan for what his Brexit plan is going to be. He's going to be speaking this morning uh, to a packed House of Commons. Uh, he's going to be answered by Jeremy Corbyn. Boris Johnson is going to lay out his plan as to how we are going to get out on October the 31st, do or die, absolutely no doubt about it. We're kicking off this morning with a whole host of guests, including Chris Bryant, Labour MP for Ronda, and of course we'll be getting from him what he makes of the biggest cabinet knifing that's gone on uh, since the turn of last century. It looks as though Boris is not messing around. Some people are calling it the most right-wing cabinet that anybody has ever seen. If you didn't like Boris, you're out. If you voted for Jeremy Hunt, you're out. If you voted Remain, you're out. He only wants people that want to leave the European Union. Is he doing the right thing? We have spent the last two days down here talking to an awful lot of people from the world of politics and from all sorts of punditry. What we want from you today is your voices because we haven't had enough of you on and we want to take loads of your calls today. 0344 499 1000. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, on Talk Radio in the Independent Republic, live on College Green in Westminster. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Talk Radio, live from Westminster. So the newspaper front pages this morning, all I think rather taken aback by the brutality uh, of Boris Johnson's cabinet reshuffle because so few people expected uh, him to go for so many people, so few people expected him to be quite so uh, absolutely violent in the way that he got rid of some people. A record 17 ministers go, five frenzied hours, uh, top jobs given to Sajid Javid, Priti Patel and Dominic Raab. Uh, Michael Gove uh, runs no deal plans and then the kind of the icing on the cake for an awful lot uh, of Brexiteers was Jacob rees uh, becoming the leader of the house quite late last night. We're joined this morning by Chris Bryant uh, down here in Westminster. Chris, a very good morning to you. Welcome. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Uh, last time you were here, it was a little bit colder, uh, which I must say I did prefer. Uh, but the, the heat around uh, the, the tent this morning is nothing compared to, uh, I guess, the heat, not only necessarily uh, on your side of the house, but on the back benches of the Tory party uh, government this morning. Uh, when they all sit down behind him, it's going to be quite an interesting day, isn't it? Well, what was interesting on the terrace last night was two things. First of all, that I, rem I was reminded as brutally as ever how hateful it is to be in opposition because basically mm. you just get to watch what yeah. the 
others are doing. Um, and it just reinforces for me that the single most important thing for the Labour Party is to get itself in shape to be able to become an alternative government. Um, the second thing was, yes, this was phenomenally brutal. Mm. I mean, uh, and, and, and done very swiftly, which makes it seem surgical. But I suspect, I'm going to mix my metaphors now, I, I suspect that there's an awful lot of uh, sitting time bombs um, which are going to be sort of uh, gestating or preparing themselves during the summer months on the beaches of the Costa Brava. Yes, I mean, as with many things uh, around Boris Johnson and around the whole Brexit debate, the world was polarised last night into those who said, well, this is proof, isn't it, that he doesn't know what he's doing? And others who said, well, this is proof, isn't it, that he knows what he's doing? I mean, for the people out there who are listening and who are trying to make up their minds as to whether this government is going to be better than the last one, uh, which wasn't brilliant, it has to be said, um, how do they... How do they <laughs> that the understatement well, of the year? Well, I'm trying to be as nice as I can be still to Theresa May. I'm not quite sure why. Um, but we don't want to talk about her. We want to talk about what, what it's going to be like going forward forward i mean is has, can you take any indications from from what he did last night in terms of uh, how quickly how brutal it was and also how single-mindedly he seems to have packed the cabinet now with believers if you like look the thing is that some things haven't changed at all the numbers in parliament are exactly the same except that obviously that the, 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 the nominal majority that he has has, has gone down by yeah. one every week for the last few weeks and will probably go down again next week when mm. when we've got the brecon and radnishire by-election um I, uh, and, and I think he may have made exactly the same mistake that Theresa May made right at the beginning after the general election in 2017, which she, she drew, drew red lines around herself, boxed herself in, and it made it impossible for her to win anything in the House of Commons. The numbers haven't changed, and it, it's going to be exactly the same for Boris Johnson. I, don't, I cannot see a means whereby a deal goes through by the 31st of October, and I cannot see a means whereby no deal goes through by the 31st of October. I suppose what you could take from it uh, is that he is determined to do what he wants to do as, as long as he's able to do so. For example, you know, he didn't take the, the Theresa May approach of let's try and keep all things uh, uh, happy in all parts of the party. Let's try and assuage one side uh, against another side. You know, he's made it very clear that he's not interested. If you back Jeremy Hunt, uh, as Penny Mordaunt did, you're out. You know, if you were in I any thought way that was... I, if, if there was any element of yesterday which really depressed me, it was Penny Mordaunt leaving from the Defence Secretary. It was great to... Uh, I mean, I don't particularly buy into all this kind of um, tokenism. No, no, I, I'm, I'm all for a lot of diversity. I, I thought it was great when Penny Morden was appointed as Defence Secretary. I just thought it was very odd that she was only allowed to survive for a few months. That seems a bit sort of callous. Yeah, I suppose so. But, I mean, you know better than anybody. You're a politician. It is a callous business. You know, you don't get very many points for being nice, do you? Well, funnily enough, it's not very callous normally. It's normally quite collegiate. The way we do our business in, in this democracy, unlike a presidential system, is that we, we tend to be collegiate. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if this you know, didn't manage to last more than 99 days. It doesn't seem very collegiate Labour Party at the moment, does it? Well, for, I, actually, I, I would say we are pretty collegiate, <laughs> and, and notwithstanding some of the <laughs> local difficulties that we have, which I'm obviously going to draw a veil over. Of course. Um, because, uh, but, uh, but look... I, the problem is, my constituents in the Ronda barely ever talk about Brexit to me. They talk about lots of other things, 
but this seems a government entirely constructed on a sort of war cabinet basis so as to try and deliver Brexit on the 31st of October. I think that is a flawed project and I think it will leave my constituents poorer. But I think for a lot of people it is a project that needs to be done. Whether or not you want to talk about it, whether or not you're fed up talking about it, whether or not uh, you want to leave or whether you want to remain. Most people that I hear from on this radio station and people that, that tweet in and, and send emails and all of that, they just want it done. They well, I think lots of people it. just want it out of the yeah, way. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, and which in a way is a, is a shame because it's, it's taken the kind of the conversations about it away. And the problem is that it's not quite as simple as, no, of course. as one might have assumed no. or indeed as it was sold in the, in the first place. No, no, indeed. I but mean, I we, had, we had a debate yesterday, the day before yesterday, about funicular railways and the legislation regarding that because who knew that all of that was set by the European Union? Yeah. And now we've got to, we've, we've actually put in place legislation to protect us in a no deal scenario. What do you mean you can't go up and down Black Gang Shine without the I think it's Babaku. It's, it's it? You can't go up and down the. <laughs> but is that um, really the business of the House or of Commons? Matter. Well, it has to be because that, uh, we've seized back but it, control. But ironically, well, yeah. the legislation we put in place simply says we will do exactly what the European Union does. But this is why I think Boris Johnson may be onto a winner in some ways because I think Theresa May, being kind of middle management style leader, was one of those who thought, let's make sure we cover all the bases. Let's make sure there's nothing, uh, no stone left unturned. There's no question that we can't answer. There's no funicular railway that can't run. That kind of idea. Whereas he will say, look, we can put this in some kind of uh, prioritization scenario. We can start doing things. He talked yesterday about doing... I think it's also do... zip wires, by the way, so he probably has an interest. Well, do you know, there are those who say that he did that deliberately, uh, yes, including no, those know, who I work know, at the zip wire place. But anyway, the point is, is that he wants to prioritize things. You don't have to do everything at the same time. You know, some things are more important than others. Some things can wait. Some I things can be done later. I, I think my point is that there are that there is a style of leadership which tries to gather people with you as much as possible and is essential to the workings of the house of commons especially when a government hasn't got a majority um, and neither theresa may nor boris johnson to my view embodied that embodies that kind of style of doing business because theresa may was um, uh, well, she seemed a very kind of cold fish. She, she didn't seem to be able to reach out to people. You know, there are endless talk from and Tory MPs. A lot of criticism that she didn't uh, involve any other parties in the House either. Uh, what she should have done uh, immediately after the um, general election 2017 is say, I've listened to the people of Britain. They haven't given me a majority. I'm going to try and work with people across the House to deliver something that will not just please the 52% that voted for leave, but also, um, you know, that has something for the whole of... Uh, and will be a lasting... Um, settlement with um, the European Union. That didn't happen. My fear is that Boris is going down exactly the same route, um, uh, but at, 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 at a hurtling pace. Well, he's hoping maybe to appeal to some of the members on your side of the House who uh, have voted in the past to leave the European Union, uh, because we've seen, for example, the new leader of the Liberal Democrats saying just the other day, well, I don't care if there's a second referendum that votes to leave. I will never vote for that. I will never help to enact that. I will never help anybody to leave the European Union. So you can't blame Boris for not taking the Lib Dems on board. They don't want to go. No, but my problem with um, the whole kind of, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to use my personal charm and my punching the air and my um, eloquent soliloqu uh, soliloquies. Me and the sleeping and giants. My, and all of that kind of stuff and the awesome foursome and all sort and dude and all that kind of stuff and somehow or other out of all of that everybody will succumb. Um, well they might. I mean it didn't work the other way. I mean it just seems to me that the longer this goes on, the more you guys all feel uh, put upon, uh, the more the electorate feels put upon, the more that the people who voted to leave the European Union feel betrayed. You know, um, it's not uh, a good situation. You can't, also, you can't want another two years of this, surely. I don't want another day of this. But, um, but also, and I think more to the point, you've got 
the, the two main political parties sort of hovering around the 25, 23, 27 percent in the polls. It seems pretty unlikely to me that we're going to have a general election because I think the, Brit the people of Britain, many of whom now feel pretty politically homeless, would just go, you know what, I, um, I don't know. There are quite a few people who would rather not vote. That's absolutely right. And we hear from them all the time. I'll tell you what we do want to do. Though. We'll just take a short uh, uh, message here because we want many of you to speak to us. I know loads of you have been ringing up over the last couple of days and many of you have I've nearly melted. Uh, I've nearly melted as well. I mean, they've brought me a little bit of shade today, uh, thankfully, because it's going to get 10 degrees hotter than it is And now. as somebody who's had skin cancer this year, I'm, well, I'm Warning everybody about put loads and loads of sunscreen yes, on. And I've we done shouldn't that. be outside between ten o'clock and three. We shouldn't, but unfortunately, I don't have much of a union in my in my business. Well, you should so, have. You know, I, I can get I can get a membership here. form for you from <laughs> Unite, and then you can join the Labour Party. I don't as want well. to join the Labour Party. I don't join political parties. It's not for me. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the number you want to call me on. Uh, you may get to speak to Chris Bryant if you're lucky. Um, but yes. let's talk some more about the way that it goes from here, because Boris this morning is supposedly going to lay out his plan for Brexit. So a lot of people, it will be the first time they've ever heard his plan for Brexit because he hasn't been very specific about what he wants to do. Part of him has said in the past that he doesn't want to give away the plan, um, but there is a small amount of movement, is there not, in Brussels, not so much on the withdrawal agreement, but certainly on the future relationship. Oh, look, I, I think one of the biggest mistakes that was ever made by Theresa May was that she signed up to this belief that you should split off the withdrawal, the divorce settlement with the um, custody of the kids, if you like. Yeah. So the, the withdrawal agreement from the future relationship. And the truth is, I don't want to leave without knowing what we're going on to in the future. The, the bits that really matter to me are, will Welsh agriculture, uh, you know, farmers be able to sell um, lamb in Europe without tariffs? Mm. That, that's the kind of question that I, I want to ask. And, and at the moment, we haven't got any answer to that. And for that matter, all the security um, issues like whether we're going to be in the uh, European arrest warrant and all of that kind of stuff. I know this. many people will be going, oh, here we go again. It's all very technical. I don't care about that. Just get us out. Mm. But actually, as responsible no, listen, politicians, we have to no, do No, I absolutely that. get that. And I think as responsible politicians, you, you should do that. But I think you could also prioritise, as I said, you know, European arrest warrants and probably Welsh hill farmers more important than the funicular railway in Babacan. Yes, I you agree. Know, so you can prioritise all that. And somebody with a, with a brain uh, who is hopefully in Downing Street, even as we speak, can figure out what that option and what those priorities should be. And then let's have a sort of, you know, a reasonably well-ordered um, conversation about what we sort out. And once we've got, say, down to the 10th thing, then we can go. And then we can do the next 10 after we go. How about that? Uh, yes, I, but you didn't lay out any of your priorities in that, I noticed. And, well, and, I didn't because it's no. not for me to say what they are. No, but I'm right, sure that between right, us, we could come up with some in the next five minutes if we had to. But um, there's always a danger for politicians when they become the Red Queen. Um, in other words, inventing six impossible things before Brexit, mm. breakfast. And before one of Brexit, the, we could change uh, it. Uh -huh. <laughs> and one of the fundamental principles of a just war is you don't take your troops into a war you know you cannot win. Yeah. Because basically you are, you are, you are then slaughtering them. And my anxiety is uh, lots of impossible things have been promised um, about Brexit, which I think are simply undeliverable by the 31st of October. Now, I'm sure Boris would say, oh, Chris Bryant is a terrible doomster, all the gloom, but we will be able to triumph. Um, but I want to see a plan about that, not mm. just endless. Well, maybe you'll see that this morning. But I think maybe. in seriousness, a lot of people would like to see a kind of a bit more of a grown up debate going on yes. around the whole issue. Because let's yes. stop with all the nonsense about what could be terrible and what will be brilliant. And let's just be realistic, you know, because I'm, I'm saying both sides have been guilty of manufacturing stuff 
of you know floating things out there knowing that they're not really going to happen you know like all of the, the the doom and gloom about planes not being able to fly and people not being able to go on holiday in Europe without getting a visa all things which are really really easy to solve and in the end you know come down to it and I've always suggested and I don't I don't suppose Boris will do this but I always suggested that it would make sense for people who want to get together and organize Brexit properly from both sides of the house to sit down around a table and do it but the visa bit isn't decided yet is it well no it's not but what i'm saying is if you needed to do something like the visa waiver system they have in america yeah. it's pretty straightforward you go online you pay 10 quid it's yeah. good for two years away yeah. you go yeah setting one of those up takes normally about two years yeah well if you were running a company that wouldn't be acceptable you would set it up a lot quicker and you would not listen to civil servants telling you it can't be done uh, uh, but then you wouldn't be in charge of the security of the nation and that's the that's the kind of problem that we have My, uh, this is incidentally why i refuse to vote for article 50 because I thought that the, it was a time-limited period and the government sim, sim, simply didn't know what it was trying to achieve out of the process. I've repeatedly asked, and I will probably ask again today about the security elements, um, because we have to have an assurance that we are going to be able to participate in the sharing of intelligence between the police forces in Europe. Otherwise, we leave ourselves yeah. exposed. Well, I'm sure that can be organised as well. well. No, but everybody says, I'm sure that can be organised. But so far, at every single stage, the European Union has said, we will not deal with that until you have left the European Union. Exactly. So, so what? So, so they're, so they're the holdup, then, aren't they? Uh, well, uh, fine, but that's all very well. That you saying they're the holdup, and I'm sure everybody's going to be casting blame around. But it takes me back to the original point I was making, which is that there's no point um, demanding impossible things. But it's not uh, impossible. Not well, no. For instance, some things are impossible because a new withdrawal agreement would have to go to the European Parliament. The European Parliament would have to sit. The European Parliament is not sitting until after the 31st of October. Right. But that just that. So you, you know, know, there are just like no. These practical are practic practicalities of the of the matter. And facts. I accept that. I want politics to return to facts. Well, I mean, please, please, God, return to facts. Well, you've just given us a load of facts, and the facts are that we are not being helped by the European Union to leave the European Union. That unfortunately is also a fact. And yep. So you well, may say, well, why should they help us? Yes, but there's lots why of should they help us? Why should they help us? That, well, because it's in their interest as well. And maybe what we need is a negotiating team who can convince them that actually it's better off for you guys if you do this rather than doing what you've been doing, which is acting uh, as a kind of a, uh, a reason for us not to go, hoping that we might not. And I think that's where we need to grow up a bit. Um... I don't know who's meant to be doing the growing up, but... but Everyone. Oh, right. Everybody's meant to be doing the growing Everyone. up. Everyone. What it feels like is we're all growing old during this process. <laughs> I feel as if I've aged yes. 35 years in three. I know. Um, and I just return to some very fundamental principles. I, just ha I have to consider my constituents. What is going to be in the best interests of their jobs and the economy in Wales? Um, what is going to be able to deliver a secure country... Um, and that's what I'm, I'm going to pursue. I will listen to Boris with an open mind today. Um, and indeed, I'm going to have to go in a minute so yes, as to be able to do so. Indeed. Uh, and more importantly, to be able to greet Jacob Rees-Mogg as the new leader of the House, because I've got quite a few questions for him. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. And we want to take your calls, of course, as well, because we want to hear from more of you uh, than we did over the last two days. Lorraine, first of all, uh, is in Chelmsford. Hi, Lorraine. Oh, good morning, Mike. Hello. It certainly is. It certainly is. It's a new day. It really and it's is. feeling good. <laughs> my heart, my heart is singing Oh, bravo, Boris, bravo. That's how I feel. Listen, I mean, you can't underestimate how important that is, though, can you? Oh, I've waited so long. I've waited so long. I love this country. I love the people of this country. And to hear someone say it, this is the greatest country, Mike. You know it. We all know it. And And what's wrong with saying it, by the way? And why should we be ashamed of it? Oh, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed of it. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Boris. Let's fly. Let's fly. Do you know what? Corbyn was exposed today for the man who has no integrity. He has no honour. He's a liar. He sits on a manifesto that is not deliverable under EU regulations. He knows that. He knows that. And I want to say to you, to all those Remainers out there that say, we didn't know what we voted for. Well, let me tell you, Remainers, when David Cameron stood outside, number 10, when he talked about us going to the referendum, he said leaving meant coming out of the single market, out of the customs union and out of the ECJ. And Cameron also said on the 2nd of June 2016, in the interview with Sky Television, he was being interviewed by Basil, and he said he would activate Article 50. It would take two years, and after that, we would come out on WTO rules. We knew what we voted for. We voted for greatness, not this managed decline to make us a region of a blimmin' empire. We want to be independent, free and sovereign once again. That's how I feel, Mike. 
I'm so Lorraine, listen, I don't want you to stop. I don't want you to stop. Just keep going. It's fantastic. One of the greatest calls ever made to any radio station in the history of talk radio. Lorraine, thank you so much. Lorraine in Chelmsford, that woman uh, should have that. In fact, we should make that uh, the, the clarion call to anyone who tells you that you can't get out of the European Union, who tells you that this is a bad idea, who tells you that nobody who voted to leave knows what they were saying. Let's go to Craig uh, in Oxford. Follow that one, Craig. Oh, but I don't think I can. Can I come back later? <laughs> no, you have to. You have to make up for it now. Come on. <laughs> okay. Well, it's a tough school. You with, hopefully, applying you with pims out in the sun. Well, I wish they were, but sadly, that's not the case. No. Um, so, I mean, obviously, very positive phone call, and uh, I'm going to for a, a, a side of caution. Right. I'm afraid, as swift as Boris was to wield the axe yesterday, um, he's opened the door for a snake in the grass. Because Who? he's let that treacherous toad go into his cabinet, and unfortunately, I think it's, uh, it's a fatal mistake, because in one swift act, he's going to fail in securing any votes back off the Brexit party. Um, I, I so honestly think they're going to struggle the next time they get to an election, because Gove has proven time and time again he cannot be trusted. He changes his mind like the wind. And, uh, but don't, you think, Boris, don't you think Boris knows that, though? Uh, if you know it, why'd you put them in such a prominent position? Well, there's I mean, a good question for you. I could give you, I could give you several answers to that. I mean, we've all worked. Uh, well, certainly you, you may not have, but I've certainly worked in some very treacherous offices where uh, you position people in certain places either to uh, promote, uh, sort of promote them so that they think they've been promoted and think that they're safe, uh, or you put them in a place where they're going to mess up, and then eventually you get to blame them and you ruin their political career or their other career. You know, it can be done. There are ways, uh, many different ways of skinning a cat. Keep your enemies close, I guess. Indeed. Indeed. Oh, I, I don't think I you should underestimate Boris's Machiavellian nature. I don't think you should underestimate anything that he does because the idea that he didn't know that Michael Gove was treacherous is ridiculous, right? So, of course, he knows that. So, he's done whatever he's done for a reason. Playing the absolute perfect game. He could be incredibly astute, incredibly tactical, and very, very clever and just look like a bumbling idiot. And, I don't you know, think he has done anything, right? I think this is all a myth created by the left, OK? He has done nothing since he became Prime Minister yesterday afternoon that would suggest to me that he's a bumbling idiot. Oh, Can you tell no, me anything that, that he's done that would make you think that? I, I'm, I'm far from the left, and um, I'm not saying he's done anything since he's become Prime Minister, but bear in mind this has been less than 24 hours. You know, you, you've got to give a guy time. Um, I hope he proves me wrong. I hope he does what he says he's going to do, and I hope things all go well. I'm just not drinking the Kool-Aid and throwing a party just yet. OK, it doesn't sound like you've ever thrown a party, Craig. <laughs> I, 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 believe me, I have. We've got have one you? Friday. You're more than welcome. I bet it wasn't that good, though. <laughs> listen, listen, good luck. It's good to be, be sceptical. It's good to be cynical. I think, however, there are also times to be a little bit positive, just like Lorraine in Chelmsford was, just like Boris is, and just like a lot of the people who are now congratulating me and him and Talk Radio for bringing you positivity, uh, that basically, at the end of the day, you know, it's a lot more now to look forward to, and there's a lot more positivity around. This is turning out to be quite a prime ministership, and it's only in to its first day. We're joined now by Matt Chorley, a man uh, who's known a few people.
Prime Ministers in his time. Uh, that was quite uh, a fireworks display of uh, of madness, wasn't it? Brilliant stuff. You make me sound ancient. I'm not know that many. Well, listen, I can I can make you sound ancient. <laughs> I just have to look at you and know that you're a lot younger than I am. You've, so uh, don't worry about you've, that. You've seen more Prime Ministers than the Queen, I think. That's very true, yes. In fact, that's why they have me here, for my great wisdom and uh, knowledge of history. <laughs> as long as you don't ask me to kiss your hand. That's that nice. won't be necessary, no. No, that was only Teddy Blair that wanted to do that, wasn't it? Um, but that was, uh, that was some show, wasn't it? I mean, this, I said earlier, could single-handedly save the BBC licence. Well, I think, I think what strike, what it reminds us is actually how turgid the last three years yeah. in the House of Commons have been. Um, the, the, it, Theresa May and Jeremy Corbyn, and to some extent Ian Blackford, as the last caller was just discussing, they've sort of benefited from all being sort of equally useless yes. in the House of Commons. Right. And uh, what uh, Boris Johnson has shown is that you don't have to be. Uh, you can add a bit of flair and a bit of colour and a bit of bombast and mm. a bit of rhetoric. I mean, I'll be honest, I don't think his commitment to answering questions directly is any greater than Theresa May's. Possibly not. But then, uh, you know, we're used to that kind of, aren't we? But what I do like is his willingness to just fire out barbs, particularly at those who are attacking him. It just makes for more um, sort of invo- in- involve- involving politics, really, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it does. And I think where this could actually make a difference to what happens in politics beyond being good for the telly mm. is, uh, and I've thought this for some time, that um, There- part of Theresa May's failure to get a deal through was her failure to sell it. She looked like she thought it was awful as well. You yeah. know, it was something to be got through. Just right. swallow, she was terribly apologetic. Swallow the medicine. It's the best I could get do. on with it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, politics is a people game. You know, if you, leadership is about people yeah. and convincing people. And sometimes it's convincing half a dozen people in the cabinet room and sometimes it's 300 in the commons and sometimes it's the whole country and actually if Boris Johnson can harness a bit of that into saying come on guys I've got a deal let's all get together and mm. vote for it that might actually work and I it mean, might, it might be well no it nonsense. might actually work even with the same sort of deal without the deal being that different totally right. because you know right. we all know um, you can be sold something by someone that you didn't really want to buy and even those of us <laughs> who think of ourselves as quite clever uh, can be conned into buying stuff and after a while you go oh, how did I end up doing that and it was because the guy selling it actually was quite good at what he was doing and the guy who wasn't very good at it you didn't buy it it's exactly right and whether that's a car or double glazing yeah. or a withdrawal agreement or withdrawal Agreement, yeah, or indeed a, for, a, a future foreign policy. I mean, you know, but Boris has galvanised the place. I think you're absolutely right to say that, and a lot of people on Twitter are saying the same. The only reason Corbyn has got away with it for so long is because Theresa May was so useless. I mean, he's going to come out of the, the, that very bruised today because you know the press TV line, which absolutely nailed him. The, the McDonald line about you know you were sacked by Ken Livingston for being too left wing. Uh, you had a fake budget which didn't work. You know, he's going to take these people apart because they're all hypocrites at the end of the day. And, and what Boris Johnson will know is that. While he will wind up Labour MPs, because they hate him, loads of Labour MPs mm. across the board hate him, he will also be needling those who also hate Jeremy Corbyn. Yes. The Labour MPs, oh God, I really hate Boris Johnson, but he is right yes. about Jeremy Corbyn. It's about to weaken Corbyn's position even more, isn't it? I would have way. thought so. I would have thought so. And we will see, just because this is what happens with new Prime Ministers, we will see over the next couple of weeks... Uh, the Tory poll waiting, he will get a, a Boris bounce, he will eat into those uh, UKIP, uh, not UKIP, the other Brexit, lot, Brexit party. party voters, yeah. uh, into that base. The interesting thing, we had a YouGov poll uh, yesterday for the Times, that showed that although uh, the Tories were taking back votes in the Brexit party, they were losing them out the other side of the Lib Dems. Mm. It will be really interesting to see over the summer, the other leadership contest which concluded this week, Joe Swinson, <laughs> the Lib Dems. Do we see like this massive mm. switch, switch around in politics? The Brexit party gets basically eaten away by Boris Johnson. 
the Labour Party basically seem to be stuck where they are on sort of 18, 19, 20%, and the Lib Dems sort of come up through the middle. Yeah, and does Joe Swinson's um, assuredness about saying, I'm never going to vote through the, uh, the, the any kind of deal, I'm never going to go with the, uh, uh, the, the will of the people, even if we lose a second referendum, in some ways that bolsters the Lib Dems, doesn't it? I think the Lib Dems are pretty nailed on as a, a full, strong, out there Remain party and that they will oppose pretty much any deal in any shape or form now. We're not going to see that change. So, I mean, that's the position that they've chosen to take and it allows them to mop up the voters either in a general election uh, or, or a little bit later on, perhaps, if we ever do get to a second referendum, uh, although that seems to very unlikely under a Boris Johnson government anytime soon, uh, who fundamentally disagree with the way that the government and the direction is going. I mean, I was going to say, coming you know off the back of what Matt was saying there and explaining... It's kind of the high watermark, isn't it? it? It does get worse from here, generally, for all prime ministers in their first week in office. You get a bit of a bounce. Theresa May got one after the Skripal affair, yeah. but it lasted all of maybe a month, really, in the polls. It didn't. It obviously didn't endure because other events take over and take over in the in the news media agenda as well. So, this is probably as good as it gets for Boris Johnson. And although we've seen him assured at the dispatch box today, and we can still see him answering questions an hour into uh, the the uh, debate after this statement, this is probably uh, Boris Johnson high watermark at the dispatch mm. box in many ways. Well, it's going to get trickier from here because he, he can't make grand promises forever. He's going to have to come and deliver this deal which he's promised, this new deal. And that will be the same hours that the dispatch box that we saw Theresa May do, sometimes yeah. six hours a day on her feet in the Commons. Those afternoons that we went through all the way through February, March and April, you know, some days we would have two or three of those events a week. She would be spending almost 36 hours a week on her on her feet in the Commons. Boris Johnson's going to have to do all of that. Well, and for that's a man who spends 24 hours a day on the radio, I mean, you could have some sympathy with it, but I mean, uh, Matt Chorley, I mean, one of the things he's going to have to do, which he cannot give to his uh, uh, sort of long-term review types in the civil service, is Iran. Because as soon as he walks out of this uh, place this afternoon, he's going to have to start getting to grips with what to do, is he not, uh, with Dominic Raab and what he has to do with, with the Iranians. Yeah, and I think that's where the extraordinary reshuffle we saw uh, overnight really kicks in. And Iran is one example, but across the board, you've got a whole load of people who either don't have a huge amount of experience or their experience in government has not been great. They've either had to resign, they've chosen to resign, they've ha- had problems in office. And so, yeah, you're totally right. It's not just the fact we've got a new foreign secretary, we've got a new defence secretary yeah. as well, a new prime minister, a whole new team of behind-the-scenes advisers trying to get to grips, up to speed on this Iranian crisis. And it doesn't take much. It takes one false... Uh, move one daft slip of the tongue in a TV interview at the dispatch box. And actually, although Theresa May was quite tedious to watch the dispatch box, it was because she knew this stuff was complicated yeah. and you had to stick to the lines. Certainly there were I moments mean, during Boris's kind of soliloquies that you thought, hang on, don't do anything silly, you know, yeah. it's day one, so calm down. I mean, I can't think of a actual mistake that Theresa May made at the dispatch box as Prime Minister. I mean, there were hairy moments as Home Secretary in the Commons, but I don't think as Prime Minister she made a kind of blunder, a a, a misstep. Of course, there are many things that she said at the dispatch box that people didn't like, including on her own side. She never really messed up uh, a a big issue. And And I think that... Boris Johnson obviously is going to be a threat from that because his style, and he hasn't changed his style, we've, we've seen from that statement today, and I actually think that in the Commons his style is better suited to being behind the dispatch box yeah. than it is to being behind the podium in I Downing so, Street. Yeah. Uh, he seems you know, to be enjoying this. He has. He sounds a little bit Churchillian, it has to be said, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing in terms of how high you want to go in style. 
but Boris Johnson is lapping it up in the House of Commons. Whether whether mentioning satellites, whether mentioning GM <laughs> crops, resistant plants, all of these things, whether that cuts through to people's actual number one priority concerns, I mean, that's not on the list for most people. It's not. It does sound a bit like a sort of list of uh, columns you might have written for the Telegraph over the summer. Yeah. Those of us who write columns, that have to, you know, you need a couple of the yeah. back, the timeless season. ones. Yeah. Back, like the yeah. sort of things you might have stuck on your ceiling at boarding school or something. It's a bit sort of out there, but uh, it's. It, 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 he also mentioned police numbers again, NHS waiting times, but it was all couched in, I've instructed officials to come up with proposals. That's not the same as, here's my policy and I'm delivering. No, and exactly the, bottom line right. is, the bottom line is, this doesn't matter. None of this matters. Schools and hospitals and GP appointments and 20 hospital upgrades that obviously Matt Hancock's found in the back of a filing cabinet he's been <laughs> hiding for two years. None of that matters. It's going to be all about Brexit. If he comes back in September, it, the show could be over before actually half of his cabinet have even made their dispatch box debut. Exactly right. Matt Chorley, thank you very much indeed. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. We've been following the change in Prime Minister over the last two days, and it's been quite a roller coaster ride. Uh, Ross Kempsell has been with us all the way through. He is, of course, Talk Radio's political editor. I'm going to ask you, Ross, precisely how the story has unfolded. We're going to go back to yesterday when Prime Minister Boris Johnson addressed the nation for the very first time from the steps of Downing Street. The doubters, the doomsters, the gloomsters, they are going to get it wrong again. The people who bet against Britain are going to lose their shirts because we're going to restore trust in our democracy. A speech that was big on optimism, big on the top line of belief. Boris Johnson said he wanted the UK to recover its self-confidence and to stop being a self-doubting nation. But you might say was slightly thin on detail. And the reason for that is it was simply so wide. It took in domestic policy priorities, a recommitment to Brexit by the 31st of October. But on the terms of a new deal, which Mr. Johnson promised, uh, it will remain to be seen. And that speech could very well be a hostage to fortune, as it was for Theresa May. And after a very very brutal night of cabinet reshuffling uh, some calling it the night of the blonde knives boris turned up at parliament for his first address to the house of commons as prime minister where he planned to set out his brexit idea we're going to start right away providing vital funding vital funding for our frontline public services to deliver better health care better education and more police on the streets mr speaker i am committed to making sure that the NHS receives the funds it deserves, receives the funds that were promised by the last government in June 2018, and these funds will go to the front line as soon as possible. This will include urgent funding for 20 hospital upgrades and winter readiness. I have asked officials to provide policy proposals for drastically reducing waiting times and for GP appointments to address the rising tide of violence in a rise of violent crime in our country. I have announced that there will be 20,000 extra police, 20,000 extra police keeping us safe over the next three years. And I have asked my right honourable friend, I have asked my right honourable friend, the Home Secretary, to ensure that this is treated as an absolute priority. A speech that Boris Johnson gave from the dispatch box demonstrating he plans to take the fight to Jeremy Corbyn across the chamber of the House of Commons really without holding back. I think it indicates that PMQs will become very testy again. It may become box office watching. But that speech itself by Boris Johnson again devolved a lot of his promises from the campaign to simply saying I've instructed officials to give me proposals. At this stage it begins to sound more like the setup for a general election campaign than necessarily a deliverable programme of government 
certainly within the first 100 days, which is what Boris Johnson has indicated too, but a sign that the Commons will be the bear pit once again, rather than, as it has been with Theresa May, those lengthy podium speeches. And Jeremy Corbyn, of course, wanted to know for sure whether Boris was in fact going to be the British version of Donald Trump, and he asked for reassurances about the NHS. Could Britain Trump take this opportunity to rule out once and for all that our NHS is not going to be part of any trade deal, any trade deal with President Trump and the USA. Will he make it clear that our National Health Service is not going to be sold to American healthcare companies? Mr Speaker, people fear that far from wanting to take back control, the new Prime Minister would effectively make us a vassal state of Trump's America. The Labour leader attempting to exploit the chief criticism of Boris Johnson that he's effectively the UK's Donald Trump. Now, the President of the United States, in fact, suggested that himself only yesterday when he called Boris Johnson, quote, Britain Trump, which is an extraordinary epithet yes. to bestow on the new Prime Minister. Again, Boris Johnson being uh, uh, faced with the similar criticism that you would expect from Jeremy Corbyn as he's made throughout the campaign in a more subtle level, that will now be become the, the dividing line across that dispatch box. It will be a dividing line which is very stark in the Commons now between Brexit and Remain or at least a Remain position in, uh, mooted in a second referendum by the Labour Party but also effectively perhaps a right populism versus left populism which is an extraordinary setup for the British House of Commons. We haven't seen it before. It could really bring fireworks. And that was when it got particularly lively. I struggled to see the country I, I struggled to see the country he described in his description of the United Kingdom today because the reality the reality Mr Speaker is that unemployment is of course down under the Conservatives level since the 90s and crime is actually down a third since 2010. We have record investment, record inward investment in this country. £1.3 trillion coming. That's fantastic new electric car factories. The, the living wage has expanded the incomes of those who receive it by £4,500 since 2010. That is a fantastic achievement. I think the question really is, are Boris Johnson and Jeremy Corbyn going to be similar or are they going to be different? Are we going to say that their style is similar or are we going to say that these are two vastly different politicians who stand for completely different visions? And that's the fascinating personality aspect of this that the next few months will play out. As really Westminster draws to a close today and MPs go home, you have to look at September and October and say that the stage is set for a huge, huge autumn and winter in British politics. Talk about a cliffhanger. John Rental has joined us from The Independent. John, I think a cliffhanger best describes everybody's summer, doesn't it? <laughs> it was uh, an extraordinary performance. I thought Boris Johnson started very badly. Uh, really dull statement, but mm. then once he got he into sort of the, warmed to it. Once he? he got into the knockabout with uh, with Jeremy Corbyn, who's much more entertaining. But I mean, he doesn't get past the problem, which is how is he going to get us out of yeah. the European Union on the 31st of October? He thinks that the more he says, we're absolutely, definitely, totally, really, really going to get out on the 31st of yeah. October. 
uh, that's going to make it happen. I know uh, even even uh, you as a, as a, as a seasoned uh, old hack, if you'll pardon me calling you that, uh, <laughs> must, of course, give some ground, though, because when he's saying it, it sounds a lot more like it's going to happen than it did when Theresa May was saying it, because yeah, when she said it, you didn't believe a word of it. Yeah, but that's like believing in fairies in the bottom of the garden. Well, some people I do mean, believe in fairies in the bottom of the garden. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they and who do. Who are you to <laughs> slag them off? Well, yeah, but the country's future doesn't depend on, on, on fairies Luckily. being at the bottom of Bo- no. Boris Johnson's garden. Just because he says we're coming out does not mean we're coming out. We had lots of lots of Labour MPs pointing out the difficulties, and of course he just brushes them aside mm. and says you've got to believe Negative. in Britain. I mean, this is this is what Rory Stewart uh, described in the uh, leadership campaign as believing in the bin. Yes, just simply believing that you can do something. But lots of people believe in many things, and sometimes the belief alone gets you halfway there. And if well, you get halfway there, that's already further than Theresa May got anybody in three years. I mean, it feels to me like he's done more to get us closer to Brexit. Uh, than she did I just by just by appointing that, a different cabinet. Yeah, it no, just, you know, and I'm telling you what the result out there in the pe- in the populace is. I mean, no. the way that people are reacting, the people who voted to leave the European Union are very happy right now. Well, they, they feel may as though, be, but they feel been, as though they're back on track. They've been led up the garden path before. They have, and the problem with that reshuffle is that he put so many. Uh, conservative ministers on the back benches; those are those are enemies in the future. They may be, um, and they, you know, his problem is going to be that there are a lot of conservative MPs, and many of them were ministers, who are absolutely opposed to a No Deal Brexit. They are, so but many ca- of them are also opposed to any kind of Brexit, which they can what? now say so. And of course, one of the things he said today in his sort of rambling speech at the beginning was that all government ministers are now uh, on the side of Brexit, and that's an important difference, I think. Well, no, because they, I mean, I mean, under, under Theresa May, government ministers had to vote for the government policy anyway, which... Um, yeah, but they didn't know. all do that, did they? I mean, yes, it was a did. mess. It was a total mess under Theresa May's government. They were resigning all over the place. <laughs> you know, people were leaking stuff out of cabinet meetings. Nobody agreed on anything. This people isn't going to make a difference, Mike. Well, you say that, but I'm, I'm going I'm to counter that with the, the end of the show is nigh. Uh, I'm afraid even Ross Kempsell uh, <laughs> hasn't got time to say the final word, but go on, hurry up. I was going to say cabinet leak this morning. Uh, so. Was there? There you go. You see... <laughs> They're all out to get me. It's no good. Uh, John Rental, thank you very much indeed. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.